Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. This episode contains distressing themes and descriptions of violence. This podcast is intended for a mature audience. Listener caution is advised. They Walk Among Us is part of the Acast Creator Network. Elmsley is a small market town within the North York Moors National Park. The Visit Helmsley website describes it as the perfect base for enjoying the wider area. Helmsley has numerous attractions, including a nature reserve, an art gallery, abbey ruins and a market square boasting a range of shops and excellent restaurants. Named Britain's best market town in 2015 by the Great British High Street Awards, the quaint area on the banks of the River Rye is a peaceful and quiet place to live. It's one of Yorkshire's hidden gems, rarely mentioned in the media. That was until a grisly discovery thrust Helmsley under the national spotlight. Welcome to Season 7, Episode 47 of They Walk Among Us, a podcast dedicated to UK true crime. People had come from far and wide to join in the festivities and lounge on the banks of the River Rye after long rambling walks through the historic Rydale area of the North York Moors National Park. The summer of 2018 had been busy in Helmsley. The town held a number of events and festivals over the warmer months. When classes resumed in schools and universities in September, and things seemed to be quietening down, Pharmacist Eva Ward sees the opportunity to go on holiday. 
when she returned to work at the pharmacy in Helmsley Surgery Medical Centre. Eva was told an unsettling story by her colleagues. They explained that while she was away, every day a man and a woman had been buying bottles of surgical spirit. It seemed bizarre, and when Eva was told on September 24th that the pair had come back, again purchasing more bottles, she asked to be informed if they returned, as she was concerned about the dangers of abusing the substance. At 10.30am the following morning, the man and woman reappeared at the pharmacy much like they had done before, carrying several bottles of surgical spirit to the till. But this time, when they attempted to purchase more of the liquid with a high alcohol content used to clean wounds and surgical equipment, Eva asked them what they were using it for. The female customer appeared anxious and quietly said, Our sister is not conscious. The male was carrying a pink folder containing letters bearing the name Rina Yasutaki. Eva asked if the bottles of surgical spirit were for Rena. The man nodded. The pair told the pharmacist they had been using it to clean their sister. Eva Ward was immediately alarmed, not just because the Japanese siblings had told her their sister was unresponsive, but because another detail raised a red flag. Eva later informed the police the pair smelt as if they had been handling a dead body. At around 6pm that evening, police officers and paramedics were dispatched to Bongate in Helmsley. The property was among a row of two-bedroom terrace cottages known as the Twelve Apostles. The homes were designated for inclusion on the National Heritage List in 2009 as they display a quote, high degree of sophistication through the symmetry, rhythm and detailing of the main elevation which fronts onto one of the principal routes into Helmsley. The row of houses were believed to have been built by notable architect Sir Charles Barry between 1853 and 1855. The buildings run in six mirrored pairs of semi-detached cottages with rock-faced stone, ashlar chimneys and a Welsh slate roof. The one-and-a-half-storey properties have a deep gable on the first floor, with windows framed by monolithic stone lintels. The property in question was said to have been relatively unaltered, with the front door opening directly into the front room. A small internal lobby leads to dog-leg stairs that ascend to the first floor, where there are two bedrooms. The property still had the original plank doors, but despite standing in the middle of the Twelve Apostles, homes whose intricacies are documented in historical listings, very little was known about the occupants who had lived in the house for over 20 years. Scaffolding had been erected outside a few weeks earlier, as roof repairs were undertaken. As first responders entered the home, 
they were immediately met with an unmistakable smell. In a bedroom on the upper level, paramedic Karen Tomlinson found a badly decomposed and mummified body on a mattress lying on the floor. The duvet had been pulled up to the neck, but it was obvious to the paramedic that the remains belonged to a female who had been dead for some time. The body was carefully removed from the home by forensic officers. One neighbour recalled the reaction of the people who lived there. She said, When they took the body away, the family were begging them not to. They were completely heartbroken. I heard it was because they thought her soul had not left her body. It's just a very sad case, and I feel so terribly for the family. As a major police operation was launched and scenes of crime officers searched the house over the next few days, speculation began in the quiet area, with many wondering who the victim was. News of the grim discovery spread throughout the small town with a population of around 1,500 people. Many wondered if the perceived victim was a child. Locals recalled seeing a youngster staring out of one of the gable windows, but that was some time ago. A former neighbour said, When they moved in, there was the man and woman who people thought at the time were married, but it's since turned out they're brother and sister according to most people in town. There was an older man and woman and a little girl. The girl would only have been around four or five and was very small. She suffered some kind of disability, I was told. I saw her outside the house a couple of times and had also seen her looking through the window, peering out through the pot plants. Police had arrested three people at the scene a 46-year-old man, a 51-year-old woman, and a 75-year-old woman. Locals believed that the younger man and woman were siblings and recalled only ever seeing them out together to collect their shopping. Penny Bradley, who worked at a nearby service station where the brother and sister would visit for their groceries, spoke to the Daily Telegraph. She said that although they spoke broken English, they seemed capable of writing it perfectly. They had written letters of complaint about staff members in the town's cost cutter. Penny Bradley said, They complained about me because I was chatting to a customer while I served them and about another member of staff because they said she had mud on her boots. In that case, they actually followed her home and posted the letter of complaint through her door, so they were told they were no longer welcome as customers. They started shopping at the garage instead after that and pre-ordered their food in a letter each week. It was hard to believe that the family lived on products purchased entirely from a service station. 
rumours swirled. Neighbours suspected the remains had been discovered after building work began on one of the cottages two weeks earlier. One local stated, The roofers were at work when they noticed a dreadful smell. I don't know what they uncovered, but the police were called in and the body was found. It's chilling. People are shocked and horrified that such a thing has happened here. Elmsley is your typical Yorkshire market town. You don't get much to talk about from one year to the next. Two days after the discovery, the police revealed that the remains were that of an adult. The spokesperson for the North Yorkshire Constabulary said, The death is currently being treated as unexplained and inquiries are ongoing to establish the full circumstances surrounding the incident. Police have arrested three people in connection with the discovery, two women aged 51 and 75, and a 46-year-old man. All three have since been released by police on conditional bail. The following day, the body was identified as 49-year-old Rina Yasutaki, who lived at the address with her sister Yoshika, brother Takahiro, and mother Machiko. As her photograph was shown to locals during door-to-door inquiries, many expressed disbelief. They had no idea that Rina was even living there. One neighbour said, I have lived near them for years, and I can't recall ever seeing that lady. They were so secretive in the way they lived that no one really knew exactly who lived at the address. Another local voiced their shock and wondered if Rina Yasutaki could have been the person locals had mistaken for a young girl sometimes looking out of the window. Senior Investigating Officer Detective Chief Inspector Nicola Holden addressed the fact that locals were concerned about what had happened, but asked the town's residents for assistance. We thank everyone for their understanding while we carry out what is a very sensitive investigation into Rena's death. To assist with our investigation... I am appealing to local people and anyone in the wider area who knew Rena, not just as a friend but also by sight, to please contact us no matter when you last saw her. Your information could be vital in helping us establish the timeline prior to her death. When she was a child... Riniyasu Taki and her family moved to the UK after her mother married a British illustrator. They lived in a converted barn in Nunnington, North Yorkshire. In 1980, Rena attended Queen Mary's private boarding school near Thirsk. Her former classmate Sarah Matthews recalled her time in school with Rena. Sarah remembered Rena as a serious but warm-hearted girl with a wonderful sense of humour. She was also said to have taken after her father in that she was a talented artist and gifted linguist. 
Rina seemed to have all the tools for a successful and fulfilling life. Sarah Matthews was in disbelief that Rena had lived in obscurity after being so well-liked in school. In an interview with journalist Martin Evans, Sarah said, It is hard to believe that she ended up living as a recluse because she was very popular and took an active role in all aspects of school life. I shared a room with her and another girl at boarding school for two years, and so we became very close. Sarah recalled how Rena was interested in palmistry and would read her doormates' palms telling them about their future. She remarked, Rena spoke perfect English, but she had an accent. Her sister Yoshika also went to our school but was in the year above. She was a highly accomplished pianist and went on to study at the Royal College of Music. Rena won a six-form scholarship at Wickham Abbey in 1986. She completed her A-levels in History, English, Latin and Greek before attending Cambridge to study the classics. Her mother's marriage ended, and in 1998 the family purchased the house in Helmsley for £70,000. It was believed that Rena had suffered a breakdown during university and moved back home with her mother and siblings. She never worked after that, and according to most people in the town, she never left the house. Upon hearing about Rena's death, her school friend told a reporter for The Times. Apparently there was a call-out to the house about six years ago because someone claimed they had seen a small figure at the window and thought it was a child. The police apparently investigated, and it was confirmed it wasn't a child, but I actually wonder whether that was Rena as she wasn't very big. She was very small. She's very pretty and petite. I said to my mum, do you think she was ill and came back home? Who knows? And then you hear of people with agoraphobia. I don't know anything about her adult life. I was really shocked because I never thought Rena would still be in the Yorkshire countryside. She was academically brilliant. I would have expected her to have been a professor of something considering how clever she was. It's such a sad demise, really. Speaking about Rena's siblings, one neighbour explained how they had never spoken to them, and Yoshika and Takahiro would avert their gaze to avoid contact if they cross paths. The neighbour said, They're a rather odd pair if that isn't unkind. He normally has his collar turned up, and they'll occasionally hold hands as they're walking around the town. I have seen the old lady from time to time, but only a face at the window or sometimes at the door when she lets the younger pair back in. For some reason they always knock, instead of using a key. Yasu Taki's siblings and mother were released on bail under investigation and returned to the house. 
police interviews proved difficult, as the family spoke a specific Japanese dialect that was difficult to translate without a fluent speaker. It was not immediately apparent how Rena had met her end, and the advanced state of decomposition hindered efforts to find the cause. By October 2018, the police were still trying to establish a timeline around Rena's death. DCI Nicola Holden said, Thank you once again to the local community for their understanding while we carry out what is a very sensitive investigation into Rena's death and to those who have come forward with information so far. No matter how insignificant it may seem, we continue to appeal to anyone who knew Rena or may have seen her in the months prior to her body being found to get in touch. Confusion and disbelief were not only felt by the investigators and locals, but the unusual circumstances of Rina Yasutaki's death were national news. Initially, no cause was released, and as the investigation continued, her three family members remained as they always had been. A search of the property the Yasutakis had called home for decades revealed much about how far their isolation from the outside world extended. No communication devices were found in the property. Electronics used for entertainment like television or radio had no place in the home either. These findings along with the search and neighbours' comments made it appear that the Yasutakis were each other's primary source of communication, except for brief and strictly necessary reprieves when Takahiro and his sister Yoshika would collect supplies from the local garage. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. This episode of They Walk Among Us is brought to you in association with Centair. 
ever entered a seemingly perfect space only to feel like something was missing. That's where Scent Air comes in. With over three decades of experience, Centair leads the scent marketing industry, scenting resorts, retail outlets, event spaces and more, partnering with major brands like Westin Hotels and Snap Fitness. Chances are you've already encountered their fragrances firsthand, and now Centair is offering you a luxury fragrance experience in the comfort of your home. Visit Centair.com to explore their online store and infuse your spaces with unforgettable scents. Centair diffusers are sleek and fill your space with vivid fragrance for up to 300 hours. And the Centair app lets you schedule your fragrance and control your intensity right from your phone. What's more, all of Centair's more than 60 fragrances are phthalate-free, cruelty-free, safe for families and EcoVad is certified sustainable. Differentiate your space with scent. Try luxury home fragrance trusted by the pros by going to Centair.com and using promo code Among Us for an extra 25% off your first order. That's promo code Among Us for an extra 25% off your first order at Centair.com. Home office pathologist Dr. Jennifer Bolton conducted the post-mortem of Rina Yasutaki's remains. It was challenging to pinpoint the cause because the body was mummified. In order to estimate the time of death, factors such as rigor mortis, lividity, decomposition and information from witnesses about the last time a person was seen alive are utilised. But in Rena's case, no one even knew she was living in the house apart from her immediate family. She had no contact with anyone other than them. Hauntingly, Rena left this world and her body withered, without a soul outside the four walls of the Yasutaki's home knowing she had passed. It would have likely remained that way if her brother and sister had not made repeated trips to the pharmacy and aroused suspicion. Since it seemed impossible to find out when the 49-year-old met her demise from her family members, the only way an estimated time of death could be given was by examining the level of decomposition. This occurs through two processes in the body after death. Chemical breakdown, which softens the tissues, and bacterial action, which turns the tissues into liquids and gases. Decomposition begins immediately after death, and within 24 hours a human body will darken. Biochemical changes in the muscles cause them to stiffen, which is known as rigor mortis, but this state only lasts for a few days. As Rena was believed to have been dead for several weeks, her body had mummified. The environment in which a body is stored affects the rate of decomposition, and because the room was dry and warm, the putrefaction process was interrupted. This causes the body to dry up, resulting in mummification. Her family had also been cleansing Rena's body with surgical spirit. Her remains had been somewhat preserved because the ethanol in the liquid prevents bacterial growth and tightens the outer layer of the skin. 
There were no signs of any suspicious injuries on her body internally or externally, nor was there anything to indicate disease or drug use. With all these findings, it seemed unusual that a person of her age could just simply die of natural causes, but it is certainly not unheard of. Without any sign of third-party involvement or poisoning, the cause of death was concluded to be unascertained. Based on all the variables, it was believed that Rena had died around a month and a half before her body was discovered. This estimation was not based on certainty, but bolstered by one of Rena's belongings. The diary recovered from the house was found to be Rena's. One entry was written in Japanese and made on August 18th, 2018. Rena then became very weak and was taken to bed before she lost consciousness. In interviews with the police, her family said that Rena had been to the GP in 2013 after, quote, an aggressive episode and was given counselling. She had not sought any form of medical treatment since. It unfolded that Rena had tried to stop eating in April 2018, spiralling into depression after her father died in Japan. The Yasutaki family tried to help her themselves without involving any medical professionals. They feared something would happen if they took her to the hospital. On October 25th, 2019, over a year after Rina Yasutaki's body was found, her mother and siblings were rearrested and charged with preventing the lawful and decent burial of a dead body. The offence is punishable by a maximum term of life in prison or an unlimited fine. The Yasutakis appeared at Scarborough Magistrates Court later that month and spoke through an interpreter. The family's counsel, Richard Minion, informed the magistrates that he had no submissions to make, but asked that the family be released on unconditional bail. Chairman of the bench, Paul Gregory, told the Yasutakis, You have heard this court can progress matters no further, and we are sending the matter to York Crown Court. Between now and then you are granted unconditional bail. Their bond was extended as a provisional trial was set to begin in June 2020. As legal proceedings slowly unfolded, the surviving family members were required to consent to an examination by a court-appointed psychiatrist. In February 2020, they met with consultant psychiatrist Dr John Howard Kent to conduct the assessments. Rina Yasutaki's siblings recalled how their sister stopped eating in April 2018 and they explained that she refused to leave her bed. They told the doctor they did not know she suffered from mental health issues. 
they were determined to look after and help Rena without any outside input. Sister Yoshika told the psychiatrist. She didn't say much, so we said to her to eat and drink more. She looked like she was being nourished by eating her soul. I don't know how to explain. Even though she was not eating, she was nourished with spiritual food, and she was fulfilled. Rena's loved ones described how she became increasingly weak and eventually stopped moving or responding. Yoshika did not believe Rena had died. A sibling was certain that, quote, she was still breathing, her body was warm, and she still had a pulse. Following the global outbreak of coronavirus, 21 months would pass. In November 2021, it was subsequently determined that the case against the Yasu Takis should remain on file. Prosecutor Jonathan Sandiford QC said that Rena's mother, Machiko, had been found unfit to stand trial. After a hearing between social services, the police and mental health experts, it was decided that it was not in the public interest to pursue legal action against the siblings. Social services had made detailed reports on the brother and sister, and the prosecutor said, If this matter were pursued to trial, the court's powers would be limited. It is not in the public interest to take this matter to trial. Having discussed this matter on previous occasions, the way in which the Crown proposes to proceed is for the matters to be left on file, on the understanding the three defendants will accept any welfare checks or visits by social services or the police in Helmsley. Recorder of York Sean Morris explained that if the case had gone to trial, the prosecution would not have argued against a jury returning a verdict of not guilty by reason of insanity. If the siblings had been convicted, the only sentence that could be passed would be an absolute discharge. This was because social services had told the court that the family had no supervision needs and no mental illnesses that justified confinement in a psychiatric hospital. Judge Morris told the court, These three defendants suffer from a very extreme and rare mental affliction. It has created a unique situation for the criminal courts. It is accepted by the Crown that if this went to trial, the prosecution would not stand in the way of a jury bringing a not guilty verdict by reason of insanity. The criminal courts would be put to vast expense and time in these troubled times, when really it would be to no end. In the highly unusual circumstances of this case, I am asked to allow the case to lie on file. Ordinarily, this would not happen, but unique cases and unique circumstances require unique disposal. The barrister representing the family, Craig Hassel QC, 
said that his clients consented to the order imposed as a condition of the case being left on file. They agree to allow the police and social services to conduct welfare checks on them at their home in Helmsley. After the hearing ended, a statement from North Yorkshire Police and the CPS was released. It read, This was a very complex, sensitive and sad case. North Yorkshire Police had a duty to investigate the circumstances of the victim's death and present this evidence to the Crown Prosecution Service. Having considered this evidence, the CPS had then to decide whether any criminal offences had taken place and whether it was in the public interest to prosecute. The decision not to proceed has been considered at the highest level within CPS Yorkshire and Humberside and in discussion with the police. It was agreed that it was not in the public interest to prosecute and the case should be left to lie on file. The Yasutaki family returned to their home and back to their reclusive lives, much like they had done before Rena's death. So where are we now? An inquest was held before John Heath, the senior coroner for North Yorkshire, on Friday, January 13th, 2023. The family did not attend the inquest, but said they would listen to a recording of it at a later stage. The coroner heard from Detective Chief Inspector Nicola Holden, the senior investigator on the case. She explained that Rena Yasutaki's three family members had been utterly convinced that Rena was still alive, even months after the police discovered the body. DCI Holden told the court, The family was an independent unit from the village. Notes taken by consultant psychiatrist Dr. John Howard Kent were also read to the court. Rena's siblings described her decline and how they believed she was still being nourished by her own soul. After hearing all the details, the coroner recorded an open verdict and referring to the diary entry before Rena became unresponsive in August 2018, said, The accuracy of the diary is not known. The cause of death cannot therefore be ascertained for sure. The family did not believe Rena was diseased, and remained in that continuing belief for some time thereafter. The coroner expressed his sincere condolences to the Yasutaki family for their loss. This concluded the investigation into the bizarre, unexplained death of Rina Yasutaki, who was said to be an accomplished artist and had the potential for a successful future. For reasons unknown, she locked herself away for almost two decades. Like the fixtures in the historic home she shared with her siblings and mother, 
she remained unchanged. Thank you for listening, and special thanks to our Patreon supporters. For more information on this episode, please see the show notes or visit our website, theywalkamonguspodcast.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms.